0: so God I thank you for Karina and I thank you for the word that you've given her today I pray that you would line all those words up into some kind of order that will make sense for us amen Amen. hey good morning yeah that sometimes those prayers are more poignant than others Uh, the words have been here for a long time I'm not sure they're gonna come here this morning but we've sure been trying I have given it the old college try guys I'm not gonna lie so I'm gonna read this morning um, we're we are still going through Will DeGaffney's women's lectionary for the whole church and the passage that I'm speaking from this morning is John starts in John 7:37, and it says her translation says on the last the great day of the festival of booths sometimes read tabernacle um, Jesus stood and cried out saying if anyone thirsts, woman or man, come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, from their belly shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit, which, believes in, which believers in him were to receive, for as yet there was no spirit, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so there it is. A lot of us have heard this before and and I guess there's like there's a lot of different ways we could go with this particular passage we could go with the historical context and we could talk about you know this happened during the Feast of the Tabernacle which in the Jewish culture there were the big three there was Passover there was Pentecost, and then there was this Feast of Tabernacles, which by the time Jesus was speaking at it, it had become like it was this end of harvest celebration. All the men had to go to Jerusalem, and they also use that time, as is so often the case, we find um, when we're hearing stuff that Jesus says, they're being reminded of the Exodus and, and God's presence with them in the tabernacle in the wilderness. So it's remembering the wilderness, and it's, it's celebrating God's provision, God's presence. We could go there, um, and I, I also think we could like go into like what Jesus was talking about before, because this is one of those fun passages when at the beginning of John um, or the, the chapter there, Jesus' brothers come to him and they're like, "Dude, you should come down to the festival and you know like tell people stuff. It would be good for them." And he's like, "My time's not yet come." He's pulled that one before. And, and then a few verses later, he's going secretly and then kind of like low key does the thing that he just said he wasn't going to do. And I'm not really saying anything about Jesus because far be it from me to give Jesus the side, but sometimes I wonder in our spiritual fervor to get God and the Bible right, if sometimes that's like, what if that was kind of funny? Like Jesus is kind of just saying to his brothers, like, Um, you're not the boss of me so I don't know maybe we could explore that if we wanted Um, and then John says this whole thing um, about the spirit not being yet given which is curious because throughout the old like throughout the original testament there's evidence of the spirit and the spirit shows up in all sorts of ways so like John what are you saying you're being confusing are you being exclusive what what is going on so I have some wonderings about that like like maybe it's not so much that the spirit hadn't been given but the spirit hadn't been gotten yet like Jesus was saying like "Ah, guys you're probably not gonna get this till I'm gone and sometimes I wonder if we still don't really get it because what if Jesus being glorified isn't just when jesus floats up into the sky far away again which is not the point guys Um, but what if what if it's not that what if what if it's not what if jesus being glorified is what happens when the kingdom comes and is revealed in us and through us when we remember that we're made in the image of God like what if that's when we really get the Spirit of Christ is when that happens what what if it's not like I saw on somebody's um, Instagram it was like the, it was a day like today somebody snapped like the perfect Instagram shot of their couch with the coffee and the view outside in the mist and God is good and I am not I'm just remembering that today praise Jesus what if it's not that like that's traditional so many of us were raised in that but what if it's just crappy theology and bad scholarship you guys like what if the Spirit of God will be fully realized when we fully occupy the holiness of our humanity like Jesus did so we could go down any one of those trails I think we could find good news because that is after all the whole point but I wanna to talk today about some connections, about some things that, that Jesus says here that really just felt alive to me. And it's on thirst and rivers. And the first thing that I loved about Gaffney's translation, she's very intent on doing this, it's really the, clearly the message about all. And it's not to say that women weren't allowed at this festival. Like I couldn't find anything that said women were excluded, but it was the men that had to go and after the harvest and go back to jerusalem the you know the homing beacon and they all come and i don't know but she makes a point that there's this something about this all and you know maybe maybe jesus is inviting people it's on it says it's on the last day of the festival so this is like this is the big day this is the day with like the disney fireworks and the water features and the full band like it's the whole thing and jesus gets up there and says it's for all all y'all and that's always good news right god's table or maybe in this case god's well god's water it's for all and i need that reminder because us and them, in and out, is way, way easier than Jesus' insistence that God is always asking us to draw the circle wider. Like, all is not a hard concept to figure out. We've made it hard. We've been like, all, oh, but it, like, except, or whatever, but how do we figure out how to actually do all? Do all without coercion, with inclusion and boundaries, where the dignity of all humanity is centered, that is tricky stuff, and I'm also not going to go into that today. So thirst. It's a funny thing. It, it's true, it can be simple. You feel thirsty, you get a drink, let's say water, just to stick with the metaphor. And after you drink, you feel better. But have you ever gotten so busy that you were thirsty and you ignored and just one more thing yourself through the whole day and you've silenced your body cues and you did the things and then you did some more things and then you get to the end of the day and You realize you have gone through the day on half a bagel a cup of of coffee and like six hours of yard work And though you want to feel great about all the work you've just accomplished you suddenly realized you feel terrible you've got a migraine, and and you've also forgotten to pee. So it's just, it's a mystery, but like, am am I the only one? No, no, okay, thank you, thank you. Okay, or we can also be thirsty, and try and deal with that thirst in ways that aren't as helpful. Um, You know, there's that dumb statistic that they throw around that like, coffee is actually 98% water, but like, it's dehydrating and it doesn't count. 98% is still an A, guys. I'm just saying. But I also thought about like when something actually isn't good for you. And it reminded me of when I was a kid. And this is not as a kid memory, so the details, a little bit fuzzy. But back in the olden days, I am old enough to talk about things that you guys know nothing about. It's very sad. Um, There was this company which may still exist in some pockets of the prairies, but it was called Pick-a-Pop. Do you remember that? Yes, right? Yes, okay. All the 40s and overs are like, oh, Pick-a-Pop, oh my gosh. Well, my dad, who has always kind of been a pop guy, or a soda guy, if you're more American, he would sometimes come home with this crate of Pick-a-Pop, and I loved it, and I especially loved the neon green and bright purple pop. They were literally otherworldly, like guys either were dying young or gonna live forever because of all of those food dyes that we (laughs) consumed in the 80s. But anyways, there was one time I was allowed to have a pick a pop, maybe even two because I cannot remember if it was green or if it was purple. But the point, and I do have one, is that I drank the pop because I really wanted it but either I wasn't paying attention to how I was feeling before, during, or after, but like I craved it and I wanted it and it was like exactly the right thing right up until it wasn't. And green and purple pop are fun going down, but when it comes up and asks you to take a second look, you really do have to reconsider your life choices in a big way, purple, green, Maybe I wasn't quite as thirsty as I thought I was. All who are thirsty. (laughs) When I read that, I actually heard all who have needs, all who have longing, all who are lacking something they need to stay alive and flourish. Let all who are thirsty, who long, believe in me. Now, I don't know about you, But when I hear belief or believe, I think ideas, thoughts, agreed upon knowledge. But here's something to consider. Um, The the word about believe in or unto or into or on me, depending on your translation, it's, it's more about join and participate with the purpose and the way of. But I don't know, like, my history tells me if you just give mental assent to the right things, everything's going to be okay. And I don't know about you, but my life has not worked out like that. But, um, this idea that when you join with the purpose and the way of Jesus, that from your belly will flow rivers of living water, which which sounds really weird to us, we're like, this sounds like a medical problem, please seek attention but according to the science of the time, and the culture and tradition of the time, the belly was the seat of emotion very different from mental ascent, it's experiential, it's how we make meaning in the world, from that place you'll find life So I wonder if there's something to consider there, that flourishing and life are connected to our emotional wellness and our ability to own, name, and share our needs and trust that we will have them met. So I'm thinking too, like these are people that are celebrating the harvest and remembering the wilderness, when there was no harvest. How God was with them and gave them water and food and met their physical needs in the desert. And now Jesus is saying, are you thirsty be like me join with me and you'll discover a source within you that will always satisfy and i thought jesus am i I picking up what you're putting down (laughs) because i don't know what it was like for first century jews to own their needs and be authentic but that can be difficult here in the western hemisphere in 2022 am i right (laughs) like What if this isn't about if you acknowledge the right facts, you'll get to live forever in heaven. What if that's not what this is about? Um, Pro tip, it's not. But like, what if? I'll put it out there as a question. I don't mean to be reductive, but like, what if this is just a call into authentic living? What it means to be really alive? Like the Lord's Prayer, what if it's a confession of need that brings us into life? What if there's a connection between admitting you have needs and owning your inner experience? You know, we've burdened ourselves with a lot of shame around emotional expression, dare I say, our humanness. When we cry or we're sad, what do we do? We apologize. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry I'm crying. Or we get like worked up about something, some injustice in the world and we just start like, Oh, this thing is wrong and it makes me angry and it needs to be fixed and the anger is completely appropriate and we're like oh I should probably tone that down a little but what if it's the tension of owning our felt needs that where the experience of being alive comes from I mean we live in this cognitive dissonance of being hyper-independent and wanting to be self-sufficient but we're often suffering and we're lonely and we're sad and we're sick because life is hard because being human is hard so what if the way that Jesus is inviting us into requires us even the Enneagram eats in the world to know their needs admit we're thirsty what if the Spirit of God can't be fully realized until we accept the fact that we're glorious and the answer isn't outside of us, on the next thing, when we finally nail that thing, when we do the right thing, when we graduate, when we get married, when we have kids, when we when the kids leave the house, when we finally retire, that's not gonna bring, that's not gonna quench the thirst that we have. But sometimes, that means that becoming glorious being remembered to ourselves is meaning that we've got to peel away all the layers of shame all of the i can do this myself on my own all those things that we tell ourselves that bring us into anxiety into depression and again i'm not i'm not being completely causal with it but i'm just saying When we can't own it, when we have to try and fix it to make someone else feel better, to make ourselves feel better. Sometimes, guys, we just got to be in the suck. And we just need people who are going to come around us and go, oh, you're thirsty. Let me build a tabernacle. It's not a permanent dwelling, but let me just be here with you. And I'm thinking like seven years ago. It's the year that I refer to as the horrible, awful. It's the year when we lost everything. We lost our church community, which meant we lost all of our friends, and we dealt with, I am not gonna trauma dump on all of you all, it was awful, it was horrible, it was wounding, it was breaking, it was heartbreaking. And just a few months ago, I just was like, in a purple funk, not purple pop funk. Did, am I the only one that calls it a purple funk or is that, that might have been my dad' ism? My dad had isms that no one else in the world has, but I was in a purple funk and I'm trying to manage it on my own and I'm irritated and I'm sad and I'm, oh, but I'm just like trying to like soldier through, carry on because I know in my head, I'm fine. There's lots of good things happening, and what it turns out, I needed somebody to be able to be with me in a hurt that can't be fixed. We were part of that community for 20 years. They know how incredibly large I got five times in my life when I got pregnant and had babies. Nobody, none of y'all know Shamu the whale like they know her. I am not joking. I. I do everything big including growing babies (laughs) and they knew what my kids were like when they were little they knew what I was like in my 20s and in my 30s and then the betrayal the places that we thought were safe had never been safe but we were just participating in the same culture that says we trade safety for belonging you guys I love you and I mean that but you don't know my history and some days that makes me sad and there's nothing I can do about it but what I needed was someone to say that sucks not to say can you pray about it and remember all the blessings that God has given you no I needed somebody to say you're thirsty let me sit with you While you remember and come back to stillness and remember that what they said about you wasn't true. You weren't a bad person. You weren't an awful creature. It it was the system required it. They were good people caught in a bad system. And even if something were to magically happen and be restored in another five years, we'd be 12 years out. Those lifelong friends, I don't have, and I don't mean to be going on and on about it because I am okay, but I had to admit that that was my thirst in order to come back to myself and to come back into the goodness that God had. It wasn't to remember that that's part of my goodness. I am really good at being with people who have felt like they've lost their whole communities now. It's not why it happened. God didn't cause it to happen. But beautiful things happen in the desert. And I'm grateful that I have that capacity. I want to suggest that if we can get good at identifying our authentic needs and bravely share them in appropriate spaces, we might just find that we're living more from that authentic God-given selves. And maybe we'll be a little less thirsty Jesus came to show us what God was like and what it means to be human and he offers this same path of life to us over and over again I think that I don't know I sort of became convinced at some point in order to become like Jesus I had to be less human but the trick is to become more like God we have to become more human I'm pretty convinced of that now we go on a journey and we follow the way of Jesus and we discover the places and habits and beliefs that we've adopted that keep us from being our God-given selves so when I talk about being self led it's not in opposition to following God it's returning to the goodness that God put in us and living from that place as often as possible So how do we do that personally? I think um, we admit that we have human needs and that emotional needs are often at the root of physical and mental discomfort. Again, not totalizing, not a causal statement, but often we apologize for being human or we make it better or we try and resolve it or we put the fix it Jesus at the end of it. Jesus is a with us, Jesus, Jesus is, I've found rarely a fix-it Jesus. I can use Jesus like a fix-it Jesus. I can bypass my pain in the name of Jesus. Eventually, guys, it runs out. It stops working. When we have to trade what is authentic for belonging in order to stay safe with other people, we end up internalizing shame and exclusion and harm, and then we put it out. So if we can learn to own our needs and listen and ask for what we need without shame or judgment or trying to make it make sense, why am I upset about this thing that happened seven years ago? I know all the good things about it. I just needed to remind it that I was worth being with when it hurt and in the suck that I can't fix. And do you know what else? That actually makes room for me to experience good and joy. And I don't do it in order to get to the good, but it's like the patron saint of vulnerability, Brene Brown says, you can't selectively numb your emotions. If you're in a season of blah, maybe try and find some sad, cause I it just, it needs some love. <laughs> So the second question that came up is like, well, okay, so I own my authentic needs, but what if, what happens, like it's like, you know how kids, like they have needs, like they need a purple pop and a green pop when they don't need a purple pop and a green pop. Josh, who's my partner, he's got um, a great question of self inquiry that can help us journey from that surface level need into maybe a little bit more of what's behind the need, a more vulnerable truth. And it's these three words, in order that, or in order to. And, and like Josh says, he's like, I don't always like the answer that I get when I ask that. But, but it's fair to, to say if we're like, I just need people to stop being jerks on Instagram. Well, good luck to you. It's not going to work. Why? In order to feel secure, in order to feel like I'm right, Ooh, there's a need that maybe needs a little more love. Maybe that's the actual need. Go on that journey. Uh, Dr. Gabor is, I'm a fan, um, and he says that our, we, we try and set up our lives in order to avoid pain. But the trick to the better life, the life that brings flourishing, this is the Karina paraphrase, but flourishing happens when we increase our capacity to hold pain. We find more joy when we're able to hold pain. We find more life when we're able to hold pain, not when we try and get over it, get through it, get around it. So he's got these five practices that he just, like, therapy is great, and I wouldn't be able to, like, be in this space without it. But not everybody can afford therapy, and we can't all go every day of our lives. Or at least I can't. Somebody's got to do the laundry. So there's these, yeah, what Josh can also do. My kid actually, you know what? That's a really old lie. I used to have to do all the laundry. And here's what you do. You make your kids fold the laundry, and then they're like, you know what? I'm just going to do my own. I only need to do one load instead of seven. Thank you very much. Life tips, guys. But here here are five, He he has this model called compassionate inquiry. And that means whatever emotion comes up in you, whatever it is, I do not care what it is. You could be spiteful, you could be angry, you could be hateful, have compassion towards it and say, I don't know why yet, but you make sense. There's a good reason that you're here and I'm gonna go on a journey to discover why because I need to, I want to change my mind about that, but guess what leads us to change our mind? It's kindness. It's not shame. It's not judgment. So these are the questions we can ask. In my life's important areas, what am I not saying no to? In my life's important areas, what am I not saying no to? Follow up with, these are easy questions too. How does my inability to say no impact my life? Be honest and compassionate. What body signals and am I overlooking? What could be warning signs if I was paying conscious attention? My sister had something the other day where her eye was just twitching like crazy. And instead of like freaking out and going to Dr. Google and finding out what she was dying from, she kind of paused for a moment and went, oh, I, scared some, I shared something that she's got like a big Instagram following, not like me, but like a, an authentic, real one. Um, and she said, I shared something that felt scary to me, and my body was reacting. So instead of freaking out about my body and trying to take something to get my eye to twitch, I just slowed down. And I realized, oh, that was scary. And in telling the truth to myself, her eyes stopped twitching. I, again, I don't mean, I'm not trying to be reductive, but I'm saying it can. Like our whole bodies are telling about our whole experience. And so often, you guys, we're stuck up in our heads. So what are the body signals? What is the hidden story behind my inability to say no? Where did I learn these stories? And then finally, where have I denied myself a yes? easy-peasy questions but if you take time to like journal with these every week you might start finding where you're actually thirsty and then I thought how do we be people that encourage and receive people authentic needs authentic people's authentic needs amen all right we tabernacle We do what God did in the wilderness and what Jesus does so often. We go to where our friends are and meet with them and we set up a temporary dwelling with them and we presence with them in their wilderness because that is what changes us. So in closing, a blessing. For those who are aware of their thirst May you discover the well within you and be filled to the brim, overflowing in fact. May you find out that being a bit too much is exactly what is needed because that's how we spread the wealth, baby girl. For those who are in systems and institutions where they say the water is reserved for some and not others, and you feel like you're doing cartwheels and all but lighting your hair on fire, trying to get them to see that they are drinking from a poison chalice that harms not only you, but the very bodies they are in. May justice roll down like a mighty river. May their eyes, in fact their mouths, be open to taste and see the goodness and glory of God in you and in your thriving personhood that flows from your very being, the lives that you live without apology and without reserve. May the shackles of exclusion break free and fall into the fiery pits of hell to be consumed because of the witness of the wells that spring up within you. May communion, rooted and grounded in love, be restored. To those who wake up every day and feel the need, the thirst in their bodies, in their hearts, in their minds, I pray that you're able to meet yourself with unconditional positive regard, that you would not cut off the source of life within you by playing the comparison Olympics. Wherever you are, you deserve to be met with compassion You deserve a world that adjusts and adapts to the way your river flows. That's what it means to make the world right again, to bring heaven to this place. May we all, wherever we find ourselves, look for ways to make life better, more kind, more gentle for those hard moments, hard days, hard months, and hard lives. To those who are lonely and longing for a friend, may you, May you never drink alone. May God with us show up in the faces and graces of your people and your places. Maybe you thought that everyone else had the real thing and and you got missed. May you discover, as Toni Morrison wrote, you your own best thing. And that when you turn the tap on and let it flow, life Happens And to those for who reasons if we had the time to hear them would weep and wail at the ways you turned off the tap and said I guess being thirsty is just how it is for me Be kind Oh, so kind to yourself when when you hear a sermon like this This isn't a try harder do better get your crap together message It's a you make sense Of course you had to do that Could you offer kindness and gratitude for for how that protected you and kept you safe? Can I tell you that I believe you have goodness inside you? And if you need a friend to sit with you, to walk with you, to be with you while you uncover the well within, I'm so happy to be with you while that happens. Here's to more of the kingdom of God, within, becoming a spring of life that sustains and reminds us of the life we were meant for, no matter the wilderness we find ourselves in. May the river of God in you find expression. May you thirst. May you need. May you be satisfied. And may we experience that satisfaction together and call it good. Amen.